Welcome to Day 6 Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Swick. On this show, we share testimonies from all aspects of the equine industry that will inspire you to pursue your purpose, optimize your potential, and prevail in peace. If you want to get more out of life and build your legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com to stay connected. Welcome back to another week here at Day 6 Ranch Podcast. We are continuing with the second episode in our two-part series with the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. Now, last week we got to sit down with some of the board members, hear from Charlie and how the foundation actually got its start, the impact the event has had on participants and ambassadors of the organization, and what everybody is doing to give back and help support their fellow warriors. Now here in week two, we really dive into the transformations that take place through the American Hero Celebration. Yeah, everybody gets together to get better at team roping and work on their horses, but it's the camaraderie and the love for one another that breeds a culture of service within the foundation. Guest number one in this episode is Mr. Trey Johnson of Trey Johnson Ministries. Trey does some amazing work pouring into these men and women personally and spiritually and has been an incredible steward of opportunity that God has created through his life. Again, for more information on the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation, events to participate in, and avenues to give back, you can visit libertyandloyaltyfoundation.com. For more on Mr. Trey Johnson, you can visit treyjohnsonministries.com to stay up to date with all his public events, roping schools, and leadership educational opportunities. We hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is guest number one of episode two with the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation, Mr. Trey Johnson. Hey, Trey, thanks for taking a second to sit down with us here at the Horns and Heroes event. We were talking with Charlie a little bit ago, and he had made mention that as you became involved in it, that the lessons learned in the arena started to grow and become something far bigger than just getting better at team roping. So yeah. can you kind of attest to the evolution of the participants and how this how this process has changed in, in benefiting people outside of the, the roping pen? Sure. Uh you know, I remember the first year that Charlie had me come do it, and I asked him that, you know, I yeah. said I'd, I'd come do it if I could share and, yeah. and how the first year some of the guys were pretty standoffish mm-hmm. and uh, upset, really, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that I would be sharing that type of stuff just from what they've seen and come mm-hmm. out of. But through time, through consistency, building a relationship with them out in the pen, it's opened up their heart, yeah. you know, to yeah. really know god that uh my heart is i want people to know know god and be the best them they can be yeah and seeing how we can apply god's word in the arena in our business at home life and then now it's evolved here we are nine years later and seeing a lot of the alumni come back and uh knowing that a lot of them have given their life to the lord knowing uh a lot of them their lives are different today because of what's happened here at the the clinics uh it's just it can be overwhelming it's it's completely surreal to sit here and have these conversations and i think in my experience not only being in the warrior community but speaking to warriors literally all over the world Mm -hmm. there is a very real struggle because when you when you do the job long enough you know that there's a higher calling yeah i mean there's several times in my career where my number should have been punched okay and somebody was looking out for me but you see evil on such an intimate level and so frequently and even the administration of violence, right, in defending yeah. our country can get ugly. And it's hard for guys to seek an understanding of if God exists, why Why all this? Mm-hmm. Can you talk through maybe some of the experiences or conversations that you've had with participants around that challenge or around that struggle? Sure. Um, because the struggle is real. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. And to see the realness of relationship, you know, it goes beyond what we see and with our eyes and what we understand with our mind. And that's one thing I enjoy about the roping is that you can develop a relationship with somebody through the two days that they see there's something different. They see that it's not just a head knowledge. It's not they, a sales pitch. It's not a sales pitch, that it's it's real. And sometimes it's hard to explain with our words, but mm-hmm. we know it in our heart. Mm-hmm. We know that there's, there's truth. something there that there, they want. There's something. Tr- and so once they make that connection, because my job is just to present the truth, live the truth, and then let God 
do the work do the on the because the answer is always God. It doesn't yes, matter sir. if you're Catholic, Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever it is. If we'll just keep going towards God, and I've seen him help the guys through a lot of their struggles and a lot of the PTSD and a lot of the, just like yesterday, of, of being able to pray with a lot of the guys that had gone through some very difficult things. Yeah. And for them to say, you know, for the first time, as long as I can remember, I, I have peace. I feel cleansed. I feel... Uh, like I, I, I don't feel guilty or condemned or shameful. Only God yeah. can do that. And them realizing, hey, there is a grace on you to defend our country. And there's a grace on you to come out and live a whole full life. But it's only with religion can't do that for you. But no. a relationship with God can truly set a person free. And for those guys to start experiencing a glimpse of that. Yeah. It's huge for yeah. them to be able to go back and watch God put some of their families together and, and to see over the past nine years, some of them that have gotten saved and started going after God and how God's starting to piece things back together, maybe because of what they've gone through, they've lost their families, mm-hmm. they've lost relationships, but now God's starting to put the, me, pieces, put, back put the pieces back together. And only God can do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, 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 like I was sitting there talking to my wife last night and it gets overwhelming to me um, just to be a part of it because it's stuff that only God can do. And all of us desire that freedom and that hope and that peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just thankful. And it's I'm, a blessing to bear witness to those moments. Yeah. Right. To see God's work in mm-hmm. such a real and pure form. Yeah. You know, we all strive to do the best we can to share our testimony and how sure. God's worked in our lives. But I completely agree when you, when you steward that opportunity and you step out on faith in doing that and speaking to the folks that you've spoke to through this clinic, but then to, to get the opportunity to see the transformation, to see God's work takes place right in front of you. I mean, that's when it, it gets real and it hits home and yeah. it's, it's a blessing, at least in my experience, it's been sure. a blessing beyond reality. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. I mean, and words can't express, you know, you're yeah. just, you're just thankful. Cause one thing that I, you know, I've been at this a long time now, mm-hmm. and to, I, I want to keep the reverence, you know, the realness. Stay true to the why. Yeah, exactly. Why, why are we doing what we're doing? Why have I worked so many years at getting good at my rope and wool? It's more than just a rope, it's a buckle, a saddle, and that's what's been so cool. I've, I've, I've seen Charlie and known Charlie from the get-go of, yeah. of him getting saved and walking really? through a lot of life with him, and to see how he's used his rope and for the kingdom to leverage that opportunity it's bigger than just winning something in the arena that's awesome and not only this clinic but you know what we get to do clinics throughout the year Mm -hmm. uh, together and to see him have an eternal perspective of his rope and that that fills my heart uh when you when you see the top guys they begin to look at it beyond just okay there's more to this yeah just winning a buckle or saddle and that's what charlie's done and I respect him so much for it. The peace and the drive that come with that, though. Oh, yeah. Knowing that this is for a, for a greater purpose and a greater calling. Yeah, for Keeps sure. in the fight. It does. Because, you know, I've got so much going. I, I continually ask the Lord, Lord, I've laid my rope down before. I'll lay it down again. Yeah. You know it is. Right. We've done this I before. Do mm-hmm. and, yes, sir. Um, but when you, I mean, there's no amount of money. There's no, I mean, it makes it all worth it. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. It makes it all worth it. It Absolutely. really does. Well, um, I know you've been doing this a while. Maybe you can talk about a little bit about how long you've been working here with Charlie and, and maybe if you're willing, tell us how many people have, have uh, stepped forward and, and given their life to God and, and uh, raised their hand or, or, or said the prayer, of, you know, and moved out of that place where, you know, I talked to you both about the other day, yeah. like where I was. I've always had a relationship with God. You can go back and listen to our, the very first podcast he ever did. I was the first podcast yeah. and you can listen to, I've always had a relationship with God, but I, I never knew yeah. that that I had that grace. I never knew I had that grace. <laughs> and maybe you can talk about how long you've been doing this and, and how many guys or girls have, have come forward and, yeah. and stepped up and said, yeah, this is real. It is real, and, and, and I'm ready to, to take that step in my walk. Probably, you know, I think I've only missed one year uh, helping Charlie. And, you know, I was looking at one of the guys yesterday that was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Ken Bray called Charlie and I several years ago and, you know, said this guy's right on the brink of committing suicide. Can he come? And we said, yeah. And then the guy gets saved and seeing where he's at now, free, light, 
right. you know, yeah. going forward, fulfilling his purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just off the top of my head, probably close to 60, I would say. People mm-hmm. have accepted the Lord, you know, over the... Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it, when you look at it from that perspective, I mean, what would, what would each of us give to know that we're going to spend eternity with right. God? Right. You know, yeah, and you not Yeah, you want to hell. talk about invaluable. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can't put a price tag on that. Not in the slightest. No. And uh, so probably that, and to see where they're all, like I said yesterday, as the alumni guys started coming here and seeing where they're at now, mm-hmm. knowing that a lot of them right. have made decisions. I've been talking to a lot of them today, right. and mm-hmm. and it's just, it fills my heart to know that I was a small piece of their journey. Right. Uh, and that when we stand before God, you know, all of us have our part. Heck yeah. Right. And uh, right. It, it makes it because we're not only going to be accountable for the people we did reach, but we're accountable for the people we were created to reach. Right. And when I look at my roping from that perspective and I look at my calling from that perspective, it's like, okay, Lord, here I am. Put me in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- where can I be? What can I do? What can I be a part of, of the bigger picture? And you look at those 60 people. Right. You look at those maybe 60 people that yeah. that have come forward and, and said, you know, I accept God as my Lord and Savior and I'm yeah. I'm here. And you think about how many people those 60 people have had an impact on. Yeah. I mean, it's just a tremendous amount of, it's just a tremendous, it's like a movement yeah. almost. And, and uh, you know, to, to be a part of that and to be a guiding, you're a beacon of hope. You really are. Well, um, this this event is a beacon of hope to a lot of people in a lot of ways, and and uh, you know I've been around here for a couple of years and talking to you and stuff like that, and you never your your presence and your and and the way you speak and the way you present it to people. I can speak for myself and say when you present it and the way you present it, it's like, man, like. I can actually live that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy I can shoot. actually do this. Hold on, <laughs> this is real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that's pretty amazing. And I'm always interested, you know. Aside from being able to to share the experience of God and, and teach and teach us about teach us about God and, and and help mentor us through our relationship with the Lord. Aside from that, and obviously roping, is there anything else that drew you to working with with these men and women? I have a heart of honor, mm-hmm. respect ever since I was a little kid, mm-hmm. you know, and I I wanted to be a part of the military, and I couldn't because when I was born, my toes touched my heels on both feet, so they'd have to go in and break the bones in my feet and stuff, reset them, and I think having, I just always looked up to the military, men and women that just had honor, and they were warriors, and and when I started, gave my life to the Lord and I was 20, I felt like I've been a warrior in the kingdom, you know, like I'm on the front lines in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so to be a part of that, my heart just resonates with you guys as far as I honor y'all and who you are and what you do. And that I'm part of God's nature as a warrior. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God, God is a God of honor and integrity and excellence. And, and, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it yesterday. A lot of people they they fight for religion or they fight for their denomination, and instead of fighting for freedom, true freedom is knowing right. a relationship with God. True freedom is being able to lay your head down, no matter what you're called to do, and and be at peace. Yeah, and live fulfilled, and right. and to be around people who love you, and and so I think just that part of my my heart for God draws me to you guys, you know, because y'all are a natural example of the character and nature of God that protects our families, that protects our country, that protects us. I mean, the Word says you are, you are ministers of the gospel. You know, you are mm-hmm. an extension of God's righteousness. Uh, regardless of all the decisions we all make, God still believes in us. Yeah. I mean, you know, He puts us puts us where we are. You know, like people look at me as a minister of the gospel, but they, they forget you are ministers of the gospel. Right. Which are an extension of God's character and nature, and right. I think being a part of that, and I just, I just honor you guys, and respect what you do and who you are. And well, I'll tell you, Trey, the, the the respect, the honor, the admiration is absolutely mutual. I am very grateful for your courage to step out on God's calling in your life and being so faithful to it. Because the easy road is the easy road, right? The road yeah. is narrow, right? So for you to step out and be that beacon for so many in the warrior community in the Western industry. It's an honor to bear witness to. Thank you. 
and I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, you know, to, to be here and be able to talk to you, and it's great to be able to, to ask questions and, and know that awful lot of times guys, guys like you, you, pros that are doing their work, you know, you're a roper, you're doing your work and you're doing that kind of stuff, but you and Charlie are approachable and you talk about your faith. You can talk about, you know, where you come from, where you, where you've been. And, and it's hard to try to open up sometimes because you feel like you're going to be judged Mm -hmm. and there's never been any judgment. There's never been any uh, kind of, and I can see that not just with myself, but the other guys and, and, and girls that you're there and you listen and, 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 and it's, and it's helpful to not feel that judgment. So many, so many veterans can get turned away when you start talking about God. Yeah. They get turned away because like me, they've had, they didn't understand. They don't understand. They don't, they don't understand how, what they've done or, or where they've been or how life has turned out for them. They don't understand that that's all part of a plan, Mm -hmm. but he's never going to do anything bad. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's hard to not take what you're telling people and, and, and worry about being judged. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And there's, there's no judgment and it's, Hey, I'm just here. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that personally, but I appreciate that on the behalf of my guys, our guys, Mm -hmm. the guys that are here. And I say guys, you know what I mean? Guys and girls, anybody that comes through and has that i appreciate that because they have a direction to go and they have someone to look to yeah and so that that just means the world to me well it's a privilege i was talking to uh, i don't even know what the organization is but it's mm-hmm. something to do with military they were just talking to me about the suicide rates of everything and if i'd be willing to be a part of being there what they got you know, yeah. yeah and and how a lot of the military guys because like you said a while ago i mean they've they've seen the devil face you to go face, to dark places you know yeah. and uh and I think through relationship, you know, I, I've got a good earthly dad, mm-hmm. and it helped me know my heavenly father. Because when my dad said something, that's what went. He said he's going to bust my butt. Guess what? There's, you know, that's what was <laughs> happening. Serving as the red letters. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it helped me trust God's word. You know that when yeah. God says something, he's going to follow and, through. And understanding that. In the beginning, none of the evil that any of the guys have seen, none of the destruction, I don't care how bad it is, God isn't a part of that. It's whenever man sinned, that's when the curse started Separation running rampant. Separation takes place. Yeah, up on the earth and how Jesus said, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly and realizing that anything good from the beginning, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, all of it was good. There was no cancer. There was mm-hmm. no destruction. There was no war. There was no... All of that happened after the separation. So God's original plan was good. And through Jesus, he came to reconnect us to that original plan of relationship with God. He said, yeah, on this world, you're going to have a lot to deal with. Yeah. But through yeah. a relationship with me, we'll you can through. overcome. That's right. You yes, can sir. conquer. You can have a victorious life, even though you've gone through hell. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but and I think building the relationship with with guys and them seeing just how real God is and mm-hmm. just trusting God, you're the only one that can make, break through this guy. Because I know some guys when they first come, they have their walls up and they're standoffish to me and everything, and and I'm fine with that. Their dog's not afraid of a fight. Exactly. Yeah. And and so I'm all constantly asking our Lord, how how do you see him? What can I say? What can I do? Because it's the goodness of God that turns them to it's not religion it's not slamming it in their face it's not being judgmental it's being a steward of opportunity exact steward of opportunity that's excellent yeah excellent way to look at it because that's exactly what it is i love it yeah well trey i can't thank you enough for sitting down with us again especially with the busy event we got going on yeah it's incredible to to bear witness to all that you guys are doing to pour into all the warrior community through the liberty and loyalty foundation thank you thank you for having me thanks sir yeah tell you what if you ever get the chance to sit down with trey johnson or attend one of his events it's well 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 worth the investment an incredible man of god who i have the utmost respect for and i'm blessed to watch his works firsthand now next up on our guest list is mr justin long justin is an ambassador of the liberty and loyalty foundation and hear how this event has provided an incredible level of camaraderie for him in his life well justin we can't thank you enough for setting some time aside to sit down with us and record a little bit while we're here at the horns and heroes event why don't you introduce yourself real quick and we'll kind of get into your experience and your involvement here with this event yeah so i'm justin long i uh did five years in the united states navy good stuff where are you coming in from i'm coming in from uh, whitney texas oh not too bad then not down the road per se Compared to some of the folks that are traveling, I guess. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell us about your first experience with uh, the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. 
So I run across uh, this organization back in 2019, uh, scrolled through Facebook. I just happened to follow Charlie Crawford, and mm-hmm. I saw that uh, back then it was being held out in his backyard. Yeah. Um, and I just missed the, the 2018s. So I kind of started watching for the 2019, and I saw a posting come up about it uh, about June, July. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just I decided to throw my name in the hat. I just I didn't expect to hear back or anything, but uh, I got the invite to, to come in, and it was a it was a really great experience. Uh, we got that was the first year that we had uh, the pro am as well. Oh yeah. yeah. So it really just made it special, is what it did. Yeah. It just it was having all of them guys come in and, and wrote with us and mm-hmm. spend some time with us and hear our stories just made it that much more special for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. I had such a great time that I made sure that I, I put my name back in the hat for 2020. Yeah. I came back and did the clinic again in 2020. And then from there, I, it just kind of started getting bigger and bigger every year. And, and instead of trying to put get in the clinic, I just decided that I was going to just start donating my time and helping put on the clinic. So yeah. I had talked to Andreas, who was an ambassador at that time, mm-hmm. about... Uh, you know, just volunteering. Yeah. Uh, and so every year I just took the time off of work and came up here and just volunteered. Uh, no kidding. So let's talk about that clinic where it was a first go at the Pro-Am. Tell us about some transformative experience that you had going through that clinic, something that, something that really drove a lot of change in your life. So, you know, I, I was new. I didn't know anybody. I was real standoffish and, and uh didn't have a whole lot of friends that were in the military that roped, so mm-hmm. I was kind of, you know, to myself. But, On an island. Yeah, but by the end of it, man, everybody was just so welcoming, and it was, I made new friends instantly, and now we're all just the best of friends, yeah. and, and that's really what drew me to coming back every year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talked about how positive the experience was in going through the clinic and wanting to come back and and donate some of your time. But why do you think it's important to give back to an organization versus just taking that information that they gave you and going out about with it? You know, this organization is just is is different in itself. Uh, you know, you go to a lot of nonprofits. You know, they're there for just that one reason. And to me. This is not just about that nonprofit organization. This is more of the camaraderie and and the fellowship in a whole, mm-hmm. and not just about focused and centered on this organization itself. Mm-hmm. It's about each and every individual here, you know. Uh, and and Charlie takes the time. Trey takes the time out of their days every day to make it personal. Yeah, and that's to me why it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. What for you, what role has a horse played in your life as far as life after service? They, they play a big role, you know. I, I volunteer at uh, Reach in Waco, mm-hmm. uh, down in McGregor. And what we do is, is we use horses to help veterans with PTSD. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're, they're everything for myself and, and other people. But for me personally, you know, they, they just bring me that sense of calming and, and center myself back down on ground and, and helps me ground myself. Yes, sir. And come back mm-hmm. to a peace of mind. Yes, sir. We talk about the horse and this kind of event. Why do you think this way of life, this Western way of life, is so beneficial to guys coming out of the military or guys that are, you know, coming out of their jobs in law enforcement or, or something like that. Why do you think it's so helpful and beneficial to, to guys like us? Why do you think it's so beneficial for them to, to come be a part of this? You know, everybody's all willing to give a lending hand. Everybody's here for one another. It's not a every man for himself like it is in the military and out yeah. in the real world. You know, mm-hmm. if you're struggling, 
the man next to you, if he sees you, he'll pick he, you up. He'll pick you up. Never ask questions. Give you the shirt right off his back. Never ask Absolutely. twice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Justin, we can't thank you enough for setting some time aside. We know you're busy and got to get back after it. We uh, had several ambassadors in this morning. We don't want to keep you all from your job. But thanks for sharing Reserve your shirt. champ. Ready to, ready to win it again? I won it last no year. No pressure. That's what I mean, like coming back, winning again. I'm going to try it. this year. I'm hoping to do it heading. <laughs> Well, we'll let you get back to work, but we can't thank you enough for sharing some of your testimony, your story, and how this uh, foundation has really played a role in your life. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, brother. We'll see you on the next one. Uh uh-huh, Bye-bye. Again, Justin provides another testimony of how this event brings people closer together and folks get a chance to develop some lasting relationships. Next up is Miss Liz Loring. Liz discusses the incredible importance of how this event gives her a goal and purpose year after year. All right, Liz, well, thank you very much for setting some time aside and coming and sitting in with us as we record here at the Horns and Heroes event. Can you share a little bit of your experience in the clinic uh, the last couple days? So this is my, this will be my fourth time coming to one of Charlie Crawford's military events, um, the third American military celebration. This year I volunteered and mm-hmm. I actually brought a horse this time. Last year I didn't bring a horse because I hadn't been roping very much. Mm-hmm. And last year Charlie pointed directly at me and told me, hey, next time bring a horse. So I did. So it, it's been great watching people uh, learn and, and grow through this event, not just in roping, but just having somewhere they can kind of, you know, let loose a little bit. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. So we talked a lot about this with, with several guests. Yeah, we're here to get better at our roping, and there's a bunch of instruction going on. But what are some of the lessons that you've taken from doing the the clinic work inside the arena that you have applied to your life outside the arena? Um, well, this really gives me a goal every year to come do this. It I I went to Charlie's first one in 2014 without a horse. Um, I just did the ground stuff, and then Charlie actually let me ride one of his horses for a little bit. And I didn't have the time and money to keep roping much, mm-hmm. but it gave me a goal overall. Mm-hmm. My goal since then had been to, you know, start team roping again and get an actual roping horse and come back. So in 2021, I did that. I got a roping horse and I came back and I intend to come every year. So it, it really just gives me a goal yeah. Um, yeah. to look forward for. to every year. Yeah, as soon as, they, the year. as soon as they release the dates, I request off work. and No kidding. Yeah, and, and reserve my spots. That's the biggest priority, right? Being a government worker, trying to get a day off. Is a hard <laughs> yeah, and, and it's difficult, but I get it done every year, and my work knows that I'm going to be here. Yeah, so. that is awesome. So if you had the chance to thank the foundation, what would you say? Oh, man. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that this is – the biggest event that they look forward to every year, um, not just with horses, but military and law enforcement in general, just combining those two things. I don't have any other, you know, really, at, at least not a whole lot until I started coming here, friends mm-hmm. that can combine both of those two things. And it is a unique thing. It, it's a very unique thing because not everybody in law enforcement can do this. And same mm-hmm. with the military. It, it's hard with both industries and both careers to to keep up with this yeah. but to be around people that can balance both is is great awesome yeah well thank you very much for sitting down with us and it's been an exciting weekend and we still got a whole bunch of other events to attend and oh and yeah we can't thank you enough for sitting down and sharing with us a little bit sure yeah liz gave us another amazing story of the importance of this event in liz's life and how she feels compelled to give back next up we got to sit down with mr troy applegate Troy also sits on the board of directors for the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation, and in this snapshot, we get to sit down and discuss the leadership, specifically how that leadership has transformed over the years to meet the needs and bring first-class value to all that are served through the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. All right, Troy, well, everybody is flying around trying to get this rope and knocked out, so we appreciate you setting some time aside and sitting down with us to share a little bit about your experience with the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. I want you to kind of build out how the transformation has taken place amongst the leadership of this organization, maybe talking about some of the initial challenges starting up and then through this transformation, how y'all have addressed these challenges to make sure that, that providing the highest level of service was a focus in the forefront. Yeah. I mean, the participants came and everybody wanted more mm-hmm. and Charlie and I met kind of during COVID hanging out on his porch. I, I went down for a lot of lessons and brainstorming uh, while he was, you know, facing retirement and getting ready for the NFR. And 
he kind of said, man, I think I can put on a great event for these guys. And I said, I'm all in, let's figure it out. And, and we had, you know, f- I think there was four of us. And in about 30, 30 days, we did our first one, at, uh, what we call American hero celebration there in Stephenville. And it was, uh, exhausting. It was four people doing everything. There was no right. organizational structure. There was no board. It was just people flying uh, around, getting it done. Passionate about Charlie's passion, which his leadership uh, has been amazing, and the growth in in him as a leader. And it happens because of his leadership, and he brought just tremendous people around him. And that's probably been the neatest thing for me is seeing Ken Bray come on board. You know, you get somebody that is the doesn't have any free time and charlie asked him to be on the board who brings phenomenal business experience to the group and then keith mundy with all the things that he does from in his contacts and his connections and the way that he runs american hat company the amount of hats that he gives to veterans uh and gift certificates and all this all the clinics that charlie does all year long that's been a huge and i and i told charlie getting those kind of people around you makes this thing like instant legitimacy and I think we went from Stephenville to here. Still didn't really have an ops team, but the more the, the people experienced this, guys raised their hands with skill sets of logistics and organizations and project management and all the things that the ops team does now. Not my strength, you know, doing that. More of a visionary and then having mm-hmm. these guys that can take this these ideas and execute on it has been, it's just been phenomenal. We get constantly have people raising their hands to help and it's all because of charlie's leadership i mean his passion for this is easy to rally around yeah and it's been a common theme i mean we've interviewed several people throughout this event and it's been that common theme is that this is a huge deal this is a huge production but everybody's all in and there's a lot of people that are willing to find work it's a very very familiar environment to a lot in the warrior community so when you give them the reins to run with something, they're going to do it. And they're going to do it to the best of their ability. And it's incredible to watch all the small tasks, even despite the hurdles this morning. All these small tasks just get accomplished in an extremely detail-oriented manner. In my opinion, being on the outside looking in, that's how this event comes together. And this is how the event grows. And this is how the event serves at the highest and highest of levels. Yeah. it And it's gotten fun again because we have people like, all the ops teams, the leaders that we have a problem, it's I forget about it because I know it's going to get taken care of and getting taken care of probably better than we could have done yeah. it and yeah. timely. Mm-hmm. And, and right. they do it with a smile and they jump on it and there's no excuses. Everyone's positive. It, I mean, it. you probably heard it. It gets better every year. It, yeah. It's amazing. The leaps right. and bounds that we take every year getting mm-hmm. better. It's, it's around the ops guys. Um, I'd like to know. You know, you're obviously been a, in business a long time. You, you rope and you do those kinds of things. You know, where does your – you obviously – you could pick any direction to put your time and effort and energy to help other people. Why, why did you choose uh, to, to support veterans and first responders? Why is that – why are you passionate about that? Explain where that passion comes from. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I didn't serve. And I think mostly uh, my dad was in the Army – I think the team roping environment, mm-hmm. blue collar, hard working, and then being around Charlie and meeting some of the, the founders of it. We call them founders like right. um, Mike Hall and, and um, Sean Day and, and, and Dre and, and a lot of the, those core guys. The, the first year it was, you know, who's this guy that he's a banker and a team roper, but didn't really have much of veteran affiliation or first responder affiliation my wife's dad who just passed was a highway patrolman uh and served so there's some commonalities there but it took a while for me to kind of get accepted from the guys and but once i met them i I was telling people it's my favorite week of the whole year maybe not christmas but this (laughs) this week uh fulfills me just from uh just kind of being servant-hearted and and being able to give back where you know you're making a difference yeah you see it in people's conversation in their eyes and you can give money to a lot of different organizations or things but it's for me my time is the most valuable thing and for me to give it to this organization means a lot yeah so 
Well, I'll tell you what, I think the appreciation is a, is a very much a common theme. And we've spoken to several people who have participated this week, the alumni, the ambassadors that you talked about, volunteers, things of that sort. And a lot of people, and Jeremy, correct me if this is wrong, a lot of people say that this is the event that's the first thing on that calendar coming up in the year as far as getting time off, making sure they're ready for pouring into it. They love the organization, and it's predicated on action. That whole, hey, we're just going to help the Warriors thing is not hot air. There's action behind it. There's there's different avenues and different ways of looking at the help that, that these men and women are receiving. You know, um, you know I'm, I'm not a team roper. Everybody knows I'm not a team roper. It's not my thing. But uh, the horse, you know, I'm, the horse is, has helped me, tremendous, me tremendously in my life. And, you know, you have that aspect of it. You have the camaraderie that is established and, and being able to work and be around these other men and women. And and then you have people like Trey uh, who come in and, and can help can help these men and women move forward in their walks, uh, their, in, in their faith and stuff like that. And, and it's just amazing. And I'm really appreciative that you take your time and you put that valuable time. It's valuable. Yeah. You only, you never know. Yeah, you're you know? getting it back. No. You're getting it back. And you invest that time in us. You invest that time in them. And the fact that you invest that time in them means more that, than the fact that you've invested your time in me. Yeah. And because and, just to be able to take that little bit of time and help them out, it just helps them build themselves back up to their best selves. And, and you're a big part of that. And yeah. we appreciate that. Thank you. It's funny. I think why it works is that I think everyone gets more out of it than they they put into it. And uh, I'm thankful for what it does to me. And you guys are thankful for me being here. And that's yes, why sir. it works. Like I, I like the opportunity to meet you guys. I'm at the end of my career banking wise. And you start retiring. You got your little circle and yeah. you don't meet as many as many people. It's such a blessing to be able to meet new people and build relationships just i feel like we've known each other for a long time we just met i was thinking about that this morning the last two days have been unreal as far as what we've gotten accomplished and i mean i told you off air i'll tell you on air what you've done to put yourself out there to support day six ranch to support this podcast to support this event like you don't owe me nothing not in the slightest but for you to step out on that faith and and start to serve the warrior community and other aspects through other entities like i am eternally grateful i'm honored to sit here across the table from you yeah you're welcome my my privilege can't thank you enough, Troy. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right, Troy. We're, we're, we're so grateful. Perfect. Thanks again for sitting down. Yep. It's probably becoming more than obvious why the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation is so successful. They've been able to build an incredible body of leadership, and through their network of ambassadors, volunteers, and alumni, the execution of such an incredible series of events seems to be inevitably successful. Next up on the show, we have Mr. Tim Kellner. Now, Tim proclaims that he doesn't have much experience in the horse world. But I'll tell you what, Tim's core value of service was more than obvious after getting to sit down and share some time with him. It was an honor to sit down with a man of such caliber. Here is Mr. Tim Kellner. Tim, I want to thank you for spending some time here and sitting down with us at Day 6 Ranch Podcast. And we've been flying around this Horns and Heroes event, meeting people from all walks of life and all disciplines and all levels of experience. You represent the newer to the rodeo team roping horse community very new but if you don't mind introduce yourself real quick and what branch of service you served with and then we'll kind of get into your involvement with the liberty and loyalty foundation okay i'm tim kellner i can tell because you wrote it down right there that's right that's spelled correctly uh, i was in the <laughs> army for just shy of 21 years i retired in 2016 and um i like to do stuff and here we are yeah and here we are a big part of I think every warrior's growth is finding value and comfort in the servant's heart, what we refer to as a servant's heart. Selfless sacrifice is something that most of us find as a fundamental core value. And what I find most interesting in sharing kind of some of your story and your testimony is that that servant heart obviously runs deep in who you are. And if you can kind of build on how you've used that servant's heart in contributing to the foundation here and why you've chosen to place this as an entity in which you're going to add value i've only been helping them i say helping them i've only been involved i guess is a better way to put yeah. it for about two years little shy of two years i really just got introduced to them because one of my buddies happened to be horse riding at a friend's bill force's place mm-hmm. he's like hey i'm only six miles from your house and you know we could really enjoy you coming over and hanging out i'm like 
okay, you're a good liar, so yeah. I'll show up. And uh, <laughs> You made a decent effort. I'll contribute. I came over, and I saw the horses, and I'm like, this is way outside my league. Yeah. Like, these are big horses, and they're fast, and they're strong. And I'm like, I'm going to die today, but that's okay. Yeah. We'll give it a shot. Yeah. And I was just kind of evaluating the, the situation. We talked a little bit about my past, just yeah. you and I off to the side. So when I show up somewhere – I'm always checking out what's going on, what's happening, getting a good evaluation of the situation, which I put myself into. Not always good. Um, yeah. So once they got off horses and there's, you know, horses sitting around and I'm still not confident about riding because I've only been on a horse for one weekend before mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And I started talking to Bill. I'm like, hey, you know, which horse is this and which horse is that? And finally one had the name Sniper. I'm like, okay, we're going for a ride. Like, we're going to try this. Yeah. What do I got to lose? Yeah. There's nothing better in life than experiences. Not all of them are good. Some are bad, but they're just experiences. Learning opportunities nonetheless. Right. Yeah. It, everything should be about what you feel and enjoy. It doesn't have to be a good experience. Like I grew up a lumberjack. Mm-hmm. Being up to my waybos in snow, carrying firewood and stuff like that and cutting trees was I not a volunteer to do that. Wasn't a fun experience, <laughs> but it was an experience. Like I gained stuff from it. I learned how far I could push myself, which um, I still cross that line between hard and stupid Yeah, into stupid it's quite a, a bit. It's a balance. It is a balance. I don't balance well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I was riding horses over there and these guys really try to help others. Not in a way that you see a lot of organizations do. A lot of them like, oh, we'll get you money or, oh, you need this. Oh, you need that. There's a camaraderie difference. Yeah. You know, they actually get to know you. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm Tim. Oh, hey, I'm Bill. Or, you know, I'm whoever that is that walked in. That's Reggie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they actually are concerned about the individual, not that a number on their stat sheet, like, hey, we just chalked up another one. They're yeah. actually trying to do something for the person. doesn't matter who they are. Obviously, there's limits. If you're a scumbag, you're probably not going to get a lot of help. On one side, you'll probably get help character-wise. Yeah, They'll yeah. let you know, like, hey, you're messing your life up. Maybe yeah. we need to fix that. It's incredible to see the investment that this core group makes in the different participants. And, I mean, we've interviewed people new to the game, per se, people that are alumni of the event, people that are actively participating in the event. And that's a very common experience and a very common thread is that there is a genuine investment that they make in anybody they, they invite into the doors. Well, something I've heard you guys talk about, not in here because I wasn't in here when you guys were recording, but people need purpose. If yeah. you don't have a purpose, you don't have a reason to do anything. You need a purpose to get out of bed, to go do this, to go do that. If you don't have a purpose, you get depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, you may hate your job. But it still gives you a purpose. Yeah. You need that job to survive to my four dogs. You know, mm-hmm. like I have a purpose to provide for them. I may take it a little too far. Like I put them way above myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually have a queen size bed. And between the wall, between my queen size bed and the wall is actually a twin bed. So they have a place to lay. And then on the floor on the other side, I have a doggy bed that's excessively huge. Yeah. And an ottoman at the foot of the bed, so another dog can sleep on Everybody's that. Everybody's got their real estate. Like, it's just one big dog bed. It really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everything is putting them first. I make sure they get enough playtime. They have a doggy door, so they get to go in and out all they want. They have a fenced-in yard, a secondary fenced-in yard. Mm-hmm. So, it's all about finding your place and having a purpose. Purpose and service is a big deal for the warrior community. It is. Yeah. You, know, you spend all your time working with guys, trying to keep them alive. I mean, that's the biggest point between fighting and dying over there is, hey, mm-hmm. I have to keep moving to keep my buddies alive. Yeah. So if I don't do my job, they die. Yeah. So you have to have to do your job. You yeah. have to have a purpose. And it's interesting how life after service, that, that mission doesn't really change much. Like we have- The mindset doesn't. We have opportunities that we have to steward because our, our buddy's well-being is dependent on it. And it's what's exciting for me to see is the amount of fire that can be ignited within guys when they find that purpose and they find that mission oh, yeah. and they find that passion. And in more cases than not, it's usually associated to some form of service. Absolutely. I'm not sure how much Bill told you guys or anybody told you about me. Usually everybody falls back on the sniper thing. Mm-hmm. That's spent most of my career as a sniper one way or another, whether teaching, not the schoolhouse, but just uh, different places I go and some of the jobs I had. Most people don't realize sniper is the support role. It's not 
the main guys going into the fight. Yeah. We are support element. So if I'm not observing the objective and reporting correct information back to the commander, people are going to die. If I'm not taking shots I need to take in order to support that element doing the assault, people are going to die. Yeah. If there's a machine gunner up there or a tech vehicle or whatever else the enemy has, if I don't take them out before they get up there, lots of people are going to die. Yeah. So even everybody like, oh, sniper this, sniper that, it's really just a support job. When people ask me what I did when I was in the Army, I usually tell them I'm a support guy. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, finance, mm-hmm. cook. Mm-hmm. And I'm cool with that. Like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I was a support guy just because it gets some kind of Hollywood reputation to it has nothing to do with what right. I actually did. Yeah, right. I was supporting the element, supporting the commander, supporting the troops. Did I still do infantry stuff? Yeah, because my main job is still infantry. In the Army, sniper is an additional skill identifier. Mm-hmm. It's added on. But I was just a support guy, yeah. and nothing's changed. Right. I want to just ask you about, you know, you talked about the horse sniper, and you got to get up there, and you got to ride. You know, it's not my fault Bill named him that. <laughs> no, no. I, I show up to a place, and there's a horse named Sniper. I am obligated to ride this horse. <laughs> you know, we never if it kills me. <laughs> we never drew, drew it out of Bill whether he had you set up or not. Like, I'm going to introduce you to all the horses that you don't want to ride, but I got the ace in the hole sitting right? over there. Yeah. yeah. Can you maybe explain a little bit about what you felt when you got on the back of that horse? I would like to say that I was scared but I'm not smart enough to be scared. I was (laughs) more nervous about, okay, what do I do? I'm very good at watching and mimicking things that I see. It comes with the the job I had Mm -hmm. after I got out of the army Mm -hmm. when in Rome type concept. So, you know, I've seen what everybody else is doing and I started mimicking it, but I was honest with him. Like, I don't know what I'm doing up here. He's like, well, just do this. And luckily his horses are well-trained, very well-trained. He puts together some good ones. And uh, like he said, we fit. We fit together really well. And that right. horse is a powerful, fast horse who likes to stomp the ground in a submission like he has heavy feet. Mm-hmm. So riding him was not comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not mm-hmm. at all. But we got along great. We both have uh, stubborn personalities. Is that a mm-hmm. nice way to put it? Yeah. Stubborn. Yeah. So riding him was fun and it fits. And there's times he wouldn't listen to me no matter what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell him to stop and he just wouldn't do it. And I'm doing everything right, but he's just a stubborn old horse. Yeah. And he's going to keep going. And yeah, there's. We got a lot to learn from him. That's for darn sure. Yeah. 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 They're like big dogs to me. That's true. Right. So it's very true. So you say that and then you just bring up, they're, they're like dogs to you. Talk about, aside from your dogs living on your bed, <laughs> like, <laughs> how do dogs help you in your day to day? This is going to be really rude and crass. I don't like most people because most people are dishonest if they realize it or not. Right. People lie without realizing they're lying. They've just been taught certain ways to think, and they don't understand the dishonesty that's in what they do. Dogs are honest. Nothing a dog does is a lie. If they bite, it's because they're scared. Or if they do this, it's because of this. Everything is an honest reaction to something else. There's no dishonesty in those animals. There's no deception in those animals. Did you see see any of that when you were riding a horse? Horses are the same way. I was going to say, yeah, they will tell you exactly how they feel in the way they want to tell you. Yeah. If it means they're going to put on the brakes, if it means they're going to turn whatever direction they want to turn, no matter how hard you're pulling on the reins, mm-hmm. like it just, yeah, they're honest. They have signs that are a little bit different. I understand that, um, I hate the term breaking horses because some of the ways that people go about it are just jerkish, you know, like you mm-hmm. don't need to treat an animal yeah. that way. Right, right. You, know, you can Agreed. teach an animal. Agreed. to do something but um training a horse a certain way because they are stubborn they're going to do what they want to do i mean fear is instilled in them everything wants to eat them in their mind yeah they are prey animals mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. how big and strong they are in their world they're prey animals mm-hmm. so they react a certain way where dogs are predators they came from wolves so they still have that predator instinct but there's a certain loyalty in there that most people don't understand right if you can train dogs and horses, you won't have a better understanding of life in general. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Tim, I can't thank you enough for setting some time aside and sharing with us. And it's just incredible to watch as this episode comes together and the more people we get to sit down and share with how no matter what level of your commitment or experience, whether it be to the organization or into the horse world, that there's there's definitely value. And I know you explained your quote unquote inexperience in the horse <laughs> world, but from what we've seen in the way that you handle dogs and interact with dogs, 
you definitely have what it takes to own some space here in the Western industry. We just got to bridge the learning gap. You, you have what it takes, and we appreciate not only your contributions here at Day Six Ranch Podcast, but to the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation and all that you do to serve the warrior community and the several organizations that you contribute to. Appreciate that. All right, we're getting ready to wrap episode number two here with the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. And next up is Mr. Brian Bollock. Now, Brian served in the military and in the law enforcement space as well. So he brings a very unique perspective on the versatility and value of the horse and how the servant culture of the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation provides value in his life. Here is Mr. Brian Bollock. All right, Brian, I just want to sit down with you for a second, and I want to talk about your experience here with the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. Why don't we just start with some of your experience, some of your involvement with the foundation, and then we'll go on to how it's affected you. In 2021, I saw a post on the internet with Charlie Crawford, and I've been a rodeo fan all my life. I saw Charlie's last run at the NFR in 2020 in Texas. And then when I saw that, it was, he was offering a free clinic to military first responders, and I was like, man, I, I got both. I'll send my yep. stuff in. Hopefully Heck I yeah. get picked. And I did, and then a couple weeks later after it closed, I got an email saying that I wasn't selected this year, but I would be first right of refusal next year I'm like cool because i'd only been roping for like six months mm-hmm. i didn't know nothing I yes, pasture sir. roped and worked my own cows at the house because i got a cow calf operation but i'd never competed so i was like yeah give me another year to mm-hmm. get better well about a month later the phone rang it was a number i usually don't answer a number i didn't know it said texas i said okay so i answered it and it was a lady running the operation for charlie and she said can i speak to brian i said yes ma'am this is him and she said uh hey I know it's short notice, but could you come? We had a header drop out in the military clinic. Could you make it? I said, whatever I got to do. I'm loading the trailer I'll be, now. <laughs> I've been a cop for 26 years. I got plenty of time off, ma'am. I'll be there. And she said, okay, great. We got you down. We'll send you the information. And I got here. Well, go back. Two weeks before I was to leave, we were doing a lot at the police department. Got a little something, pinched a nerve in my neck. Couldn't hardly raise my arm. Couldn't. And I was like, man, do I call them and tell them? It's not good for your roping career. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> let me uh, give a spot to somebody that's healthy. Yes, sir. And something told me, just just go. So I drove 17 hours from North Carolina straight to Texas. Didn't stop, and it was miserable. Yeah. And I got here, and we were checking in that night, and I met three of the best dudes you could ever meet. No kidding. And we've stayed in touch ever since. Really? And, you know, I learned a lot, met Charlie, and – you know, we all have our issues with what's going on in the world, but when we got here, we were either veterans, police officers, but all that went out the window. We were just here to rope, and it was the best time I've ever had. That's awesome. I mean, it. I'm getting a little choked up now talking about it because it's. And people can tell you that while I was down here, it, it just demeanor changed. You can feel the stress gone. Yes, sir. Left my phone in the truck, no calls. Hey, Sergeant, I need this. Hey, Sergeant. No. And it was awesome. So. They said, if you're welcome to come back next year and volunteer and help. And I said, well, this is the way I'm going to give back. So they started doing a cowboy cookout the next year, and they were asking for sponsors. And I said, what do y'all need? And Charlie said, well, I want to do a cookout for the guys. I want to cook the meat, me and Ken Bray and Troy Applegate. And I'm like, wow, these guys are going to cook us dinner. Yeah. I said, I'll buy it. And he said, yeah, really? I said, yeah, I'll do it through my cattle business. Well, so I sponsored the meal and came back, me and the wife, and we just hung out and my buddies I met the year before, they said, we're coming to. No kidding. So now this has become a weekly trip. Yeah, this is where and, we go. Uh, so we came back. We, everybody wrote better. You yep. know, I was just a couple seconds making short going Fort Worth. I, no I broke the barrier. My partner slipped a leg, and we just didn't didn't get there. But it was great. And in this between time, built a friendship with Charlie, and I've been to his house a couple times and roped and came out when I can to help him and so this year I sponsored the mill again. Uh, our same guys came. We're all we all camp in the, we get our same spots every year as soon as I they like go it. out like and it. we hang out, we cook and, and we rope a little bit. Yes, sir. And you know, everybody wants to win, but when you get here it's like the pressure comes off and you're just here to have fun. Yes, sir. So this year, same thing. I sponsored the mill. Luckily I'm in a position where I can do that, you know. And so I, that's my way of giving back and what they've done for me mentally getting me through these lab. I got 14 months to retirement and I'm already looking forward to next year. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And this year my buddy Eddie that I met the very first year we've stayed in touch. I mean we talk weekly me and him Shane White Freedom it's just I don't know we built a group. Yep. yep. And so this year 
Eddie was deploying for his last time before he retires out of the Air Force, and he said, man, I want to go do a rodeo, the PAFRA organization. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. You're going to be back in time? He said, whatever it takes for me to get back. I'm supposed to be back in October. It's the week before the AHC now. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'll take two weeks off. I'll hit the road. I'll meet you at your house. We'll go to Clovis, New Mexico. We'll come back to Decatur. And we did. We made two weeks. Of it. No he kidding. landed. He was in, back in country three weeks, and we hit the road for two weeks. That is awesome. And, you know, you felt like a rodeo cowboy. Yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. I think I got twenty five hundred miles on the rig <laughs> since I left two weeks ago. And it's just, it's just been awesome, awesome. This organization, and then you get to see the guys that you just every year, and it's almost, almost like a reunion. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like your unit getting back together. You know, and so. It's yeah. that common bond and that camaraderie. Common bond, camaraderie. I mean, and this year I think we're at 250 teams. Yeah. Last year was like 150. Oh, it's growing. So it's growing. Yes, sir. And Charlie and them are doing a great job, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. It's, yes, sir. Like I said, uh, when I think about it, it, I get a little emotional. I don't show emotion much at all, yeah. but this, oh, this, this hits home, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So for you personally, it's obvious through the clinic, everybody improves in the roping tremendously in two days. But what are some of those in-arena lessons that have provided value to you outside the pen? Uh, patience. You know, sometimes slow is fast. Yes, sir. And when I started this, and, and I remember the first time, Charlie's like, Brian, slow down. You're going 100 miles an hour, and you don't have to do that because I was just running, gun yep. and throwing, dally and turn yep. left, but I didn't know what I was doing. He slow down. Slow is fast. And yeah. when he said that, I think back, oh, yeah, the operating day, slow is fast. So that, that came in, and then the patience, and – being able to clear your mind and not forget the miss mm -hmm. and enjoy the memory. process. Yes, sir. Enjoy the process. Realize that you got better at roping, but you also got better mentally. Yeah. Because this, this takes some of that stress off of you. It does. It gives you a better skill set to it go gives on, you take on the world. Skill set. Yes, sir. It exactly does. It clears that mind, slows everything down. Because team roping looks fast, and it is, but the guys that are doing it and doing it good. It, they've slowed it down break it down in the incremental yep. process so yeah that and getting that camaraderie back out because and, and you being in law enforcement too you got to have an identity outside of that job you gotta i mean and i told ricky cops this for years if you come in here work your shifts put on a uniform the next day work off duty every day it, it's gonna it's gonna beat you down yeah it's gonna and i took the job seriously and to the point that it I almost died of a heart attack in 2013. Really? And I mean, in shape, 41 yep. years old. And That's incredible. You, you get mad because you're like, why is this happening to me? What did I do? I work out every day. I eat right. I, I try. And you got the ones walking around that's eating Burger King and Hardee's every day. So you get angry and... Stress will tear your body up. And that's what the doctor that told me. You got bad genes and bad luck, brother. And you may want to rethink yeah. everything you're, you're going to do business. Yep. And I did. And, you know, I ran a cow-calf operation. So getting out on my horse with the cows, it's peaceful. Yes, sir. And then when you add this to it, it's almost like going back and playing softball with your buddies on the weekends. So yeah. This is a heck of a lot more fun. Heck yeah. Heck you yeah. know, and you get to ride a horse. Now, it's expensive, but. Yes, it is. It's it's worth it. I mean, you know, you can't put a price on mental health. No, not in the slightest. So if you could thank the foundation, what would you say? Oh, man, I don't know if we got time to put that into words. I, I thank the foundation and Charlie for it's genuine with Charlie Crawford. He really loves what he's doing. And he, he's, the, he's a great teacher, but he also – he loves to see those guys improve in two days. And he's out there hooping it up with them, yelling for them, you know. And to see that from somebody who's, you know, a professional. Yes, sir. You know, you've watched all, all his career or any of them. To see them down to earth like you and the fact that they, they don't know what you're going through, but they know it ain't good. They know it's been a hard road, whether it's 20 years in the military, 30 years in law enforcement, whatever. It's, it's mm -hmm. early. It'll beat you up. Mm -hmm. And this foundation has just gave me great friends, great contacts. And who knows, something may come a job out of this after policing yeah. in the Western industry, you which would know. be awesome. You never know. It's a great place to be. It's a great place to be. Yes, sir. And, you know, my plan is when I retire, I'm selling out and I'm, I'm moving to Texas. Come on. I'm coming, brother. Come on. 
Well, Brian, I can't thank you enough for sitting down and just sharing with us a little bit. And uh, my pleasure. It's exciting to build on this conversation. Maybe we'll take this on in the hey, future. It'd be my. It'd be an honor. Yes, it sir. would be an honor, sir. We'll make it happen. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that wraps episode number two with the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation. I'll tell you what, I'm eternally grateful for the opportunity to sit down with the amazing men and women that breathe life into all of the American Hero Celebration events. And it's amazing to watch how the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation takes action on serving the warrior community. Again, for more on the Liberty and Loyalty Foundation, you can visit libertyandloyaltyfoundation.com. And should you find value in the testimonies heard through Day 6 Ranch podcast, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to stay connected. Thanks for joining us on Day 6 Ranch podcast. If you are looking to build a legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com and stay connected through our monthly newsletter, explore our free content, and dive into our leadership and human optimization educational opportunities. As always, subscribing to our show is a huge help. But more importantly, if a message you heard today moved you, then please share the show with just one person who may benefit from the same message. We must continue to take care of our own, so stay in the fight, and we'll see you on the next one.